98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. Burns and Gambo starts now. Now. That's not exactly Blue Ace for Colt, is it? This is from Van Halen, the Sammy Hagar years. Dream another dream, Gambo. Uh, this dream is over. By the way, what's your favorite Van Halen song? Uh, Everybody Wants Some mm. off of Women and Children First. I like Jamie's Crying. It's a good one, too. By the way, it's straight up 2 o'clock. Sorry, I'm not yelling. Straight up 2 o'clock! Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're against the grain there, I, huh? missed, I, I felt something it. like uh, missing from my soul. Oh, this Tuesday afternoon. Good yeah. afternoon, and welcome into today's edition of the Burns yeah, and people, Gambo Show. People like that. They, like, people, they need that. I know. There are people I, actually I, need that. I, I apologize. That. I was thrown off by, I tweeted out, hey, uh, this song is going around and around in my head. I can't imagine why today. And I forgot all about yeah. straight up 2 o'clock. My apologies to the people. It is straight up 2 o'clock. We are live from the Oxygen Community Studios. My name is Dave Burns, alongside the one, the only, John Gambadoro. Hi, Gambadoro. what's going on? That is the energy we're looking for. Oh, yeah. A lot uh, of energy today. Right. Gambo celebrating the end of the Kevin Durant story by oh. rocking the Crocs today. Oh, I got him, baby. I got him. <laughs> Yeah, I got him. So excited about it. He's unplugging yeah. stuff Plugging and things stuff are like, getting yeah. Get old. some Crocs here. Yeah, we've got uh, on the that up. the Burns and yeah, Gambo. You go over there, Eric. I'll put them up right there. There you go. <laughs> yeah, but you missed it there yesterday. Gambo shocked the world by announcing that he had claimed a pair of Crocs that were too big for his son. And uh, we gave him a little bit of grief about him. He's like, I'm going to wear them tomorrow. I'm going to wear them tomorrow. I'm going to wear them. That's what I'm going to do. Yeah. I'm going to wear them. And then our big, big boss came in, like the biggest boss that we have here. Yes. And he said that I'm very, very close to a... A fine. A fine. Basically, a, a wage deduction. Oh, uh, a wage deduction. I, I believe he was, he was... I'm very, very close to a wage deduction. to deduct your salary you know for wearing Crocs to work. I said, you know what? Because my, my wife said, listen, if anybody says anything to you, like, what are you wearing? Just say fashion, something you don't know anything about. <laughs> so there you go. Odd, fashion. You That's odd. You didn't say that to the boss, 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 Fashion. Boss. I'll tell him, too. Oh, will you? Okay, well, yeah. let's see if we can get him back in here. You fashion. can tell him to his face. Yeah, it was my first uh, pair of Crocs. If you want to see Gambo's first pair of Crocs, I encourage you yeah. to go to at Burns and Gambo mm-hmm. on Twitter, where Eric, as we speak, is crafting his I'm tweet. I'm sexy no, back. No, 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 We, we, no. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Kyler, yes. Kyler, Kyler, even Kyler's like, yeah, yeah. don't wear the Crocs to wear. I don't, you know, trust me, like three days ago, I'd never thought in my whole life I'd ever wear Crocs, but, but now I'm wearing them. Here you are. You mm-hmm. know what? That's, that's, look at you willing to grow, you know, willing exactly. to change right before exactly. our eyes. Yeah, you're, you're evolving, Gambo. Uh, we appreciate that. Yeah, dream another dream. This dream is over. Burns and Gambo, the weigh-in. Brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss. Steve Nash, Joe Sy, Sean Marks met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles on Monday. And they have decided to move forward with their partnership, say the Brooklyn Nets. They actually released a statement. Following statement has been released by GM Sean Mark. Steve Nash and I, together with Joe Sai, Clara Wu Sai, met with Kevin Durant and Rich Kleiman in Los Angeles yesterday. We have agreed to move forward with our partnership. We are focusing on basketball with one collective goal in mind build a lasting franchise to bring a championship to Brooklyn. I'm Gamble. so happy this is over. Dream I'm dream. so happy it was over. Like, honestly, two, we have, we've had almost two months of Kevin Durant, you know, information. I don't know that we actually ever went from June 30th. To today, did we ever go one entire show without Kevin Durant being mentioned? From June 30th to today, was there ever one show in which Kevin Durant did not get mentioned? Perhaps 
Maybe one. the Kyler contract extension, mm. the homework clause, somewhere around there. It's just we it, might have not brought it up because it was yeah. there wasn't much to say about it in those days. But but no, I, I think by and large we probably brought it up at least once a day. And you know what? I, I I hear where you're you're going with this, and I mostly agree. I was getting a little tired of it. It was it had kind of run its course. There just wasn't that much to say about it. I will admit, two weeks ago when. When, when KD goes to London and he says, fire the coach, fire the general manager. Yeah, you thought that was it? Me too. I, I thought, Me okay, too. I here thought, we yeah. go. Now, now yeah. we're, we're going to talk about this and maybe something actually happens. But at the end of the day, in this, so in the in the classic footloose game of chicken tractors on the canal, Kevin Durant Kevin jumped. Kevin Durant jumped. He, don't, he jumped. He jumped. The Nets are like, we're not getting off this tractor. Yeah. We're going we're, we're to, the Nets. We're not going to flinch in this game of chicken. I, and Kevin Durant jumped. You know, I talked to a bunch of NBA teams today. I spoke with a bunch of different teams. One executive told me, because I said, how do you, how do you do it? How do you go back there? Uh, you know, Nash and Sean Marks. And, and, and this executive, executive told me, it's because they're adults. Steve Nash and Sean Marks, they're adults. They understand the emotions of players. It's all going to work itself out. Players are emotionally manipulative. Man, manipulative. And Steve and uh, Steve Nash and they don't care. Like they don't care. They want to win basketball games. So they're the adults in the room. They understand that players get emotional and they say things that, you know, they'll say things and uh, uh, they try to be manipulative. And KD was definitely emotional and KD was definitely manipulative. But in the end, they're going to let this thing work itself out and they're going to they're going to put this team. They a lot of these guys haven't played together. You know, they haven't played together with Ben Simmons, and they'll 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 try to see if they can win uh, win a championship. And they have a roster that's very talented. Talented, very, very talented very roster. roster. Yeah, yeah. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Ben Simmons, Joe Harris. They've got a good roster. They're capable of beating anybody. Yeah, Royce O'Neal. It's it's good. Yeah. It's a really good team. And, and at the end of the day, that's that that is one of the takeaways here. Now there are some, and I wouldn't even say some in the NBA. I would just say some fans out there. Maybe they're holding on to that last little shred of hope. But there are some out there who believe that this is not done. That today doesn't reflect the end of the story. That if nothing else, it might pause the story until at some point in the season where Kevin Durant gets fed up again or Kyrie Irving gets fed up again or the whole thing kind of implodes under its own weight. And I would agree that the situation is, it's not like the Nets are like, okay, we're good, everything's fine, nothing to worry about, we're going to be great. It's the Nets, it's Kyrie, and it's Katie. It's always been a bit of a powder keg. But I think for now, like today, today is the last day we are playing the Kevin Durant watch thing that we play on our show, right? <laughs> Thing. We're the playing. Thing. So last time we're playing play, the thing. Play it for me, Mitch. Just no give more me thing. The... Arizona Sports. Kevin Durant. Watch. That's the it. latest on oh, 3D to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. You get nothing. <laughs> you lose. <laughs> Hey. So, well, today's the last day we're going to play it. Yeah, so Durant buckled. I mean, he basically had no, the Nets weren't going to trade him because there were never any packages good enough for the Nets to take. They, they were insistent, insistent that any package had to be greater than what Utah got for Rudy Gobert. Insisted that any package had to be greater than what the Jazz got for Rudy Gobert. Thinking Kevin Durant or Rudy Gobert, come on, who's a better player? 
So nobody could even come. Nobody could touch that. I mean, nobody could touch it. So there was never, and we'll get into this with the Suns because I've got all the information that everybody's going to want in just a few minutes here because we're going to talk about this. But, you know, that's why no deal was made. I mean, the Nets were never close to making a deal with anybody. Not even the Suns. They were never close to making a deal with anybody. And Durant, as much as he pushed and he pushed and he pushed, the Nets were like, man, I'm, I'm, listen, you think I'm going to trade you for two like role players and a couple of draft picks? I mean, it's not happening. Yeah. Like, it's not going to happen. Yeah. I'd rather have you. And so the Nets never were able to, to make a deal because no, like everybody wanted to keep their best players. Like, I'll, I'll trade, for, but they wanted to put Kevin Durant with their best players. Of course. The Suns wanted to play with Booker and Paul. You know, the Celtics, were well, maybe they'd put Jalen Brown in it, but they weren't giving up Tate and Tatum and Marcus Smart. You know, Philly wasn't giving up Embiid. Like, nobody was going to give them one of their, you know, one of their, their best, outside of maybe Boston and Jalen Brown. No, everybody else wanted to put Kevin Durant with their best players and give them a bunch of, the Nets a bunch of draft picks that were going to be 25 to 30. And then the Nets just didn't want that. Yeah, so like any child who's been told no, I'll be curious to see how how Kevin Durant reacts to this, right? Because sometimes when you tell a child no, you 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 get the desired outcome, and sometimes you get a temper tantrum. And I, I, Kevin Durant has been told no. Now he's hmm. they're playing nice, everything's going okay. We'll see, we'll see how Kevin Durant. Because think about it, normally superstars in this league get exactly what they want when they ask for it. Kevin Durant has been denied, and isn't that great in a way? In in some ways, in some ways it's that is nice great. to see that a player with four. years years left under his contract that that had you know, hadn't even played under the new contract that he had signed that was worth 200 million dollars that had been given all this control over the organization in some ways yeah it was nice to see an organization stand up to him and say no dude we're not just giving in no. to you we're not but it but also we've said this a few times we have different feelings about it here in Phoenix because we wanted him to come here right if we were playing in a market where there was no chance of him coming to yeah. I'd have been like oh yeah stick it to him Brooklyn don't let him go anywhere I- but because we were going to be the recipient of him, potentially, I was kind of rooting for Kevin Durant to win this, even though it makes more sense no, for Kevin Durant to I lose. I understand. You know? But it would at the cost of gutting the team. And you know me, I, when you said Mikhail, Cam, Dario, all the first, I was like, okay, too much. I don't want to do it. There was a point where I was like, that's too much. Now, the Nets clearly didn't think that was too much. And the Nets didn't want to be Potter and sell for 50 cents on the dollar. A reference to It's a Wonderful Life. And what I learned from you today is the last living adult from It's a Wonderful Life died today. Yeah. Harry Bailey's wife. Harry Bailey's wife. off the train with him. She died yeah. yesterday or the day before, something like that. Just announced comedian Sam Segura is heading to Celebrity Theater for a special Netflix taping of his new world tour. Now, tickets go on sale this Friday at 10 a.m. You can win a pair of tickets now by visiting the contest page at ArizonaSports.com. Now, when we come back, so why was it the Suns were unable to make this happen with the Nets for Kevin Durant. Everything Gambo knows, you will know next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Arizona Sports, Kevin Durant. Watch the latest on KD to the Suns with Burns and Gambo. It's good. It's good. We spent all that money making it. Let's let's get our money's worth today. It's it's probably the last day you're going to hear it. There's nothing for us. We get nothing. (laughs) By the way, real quick, 30 seconds. Eric, you did find a show where we didn't talk about Kevin Durant in the last 60 days. So I have gone back and listened to the entire show yet, but in all of the topics in the descriptions and the titles, no mention of Kevin Durant, but Gambo wasn't here. It was Bernsey and Kellen. 
July 19th. Kellett and I on July 19th he talked to, it was didn't DA. talk about Kevin Durant? Not in any of oh, the topics. It was, it, was, it, it was a DA. It was, it was a... when Monty and DA, the oh. need goodwill that day. Uh, okay. Uh, okay. You also had Connor Geeky on. How committed are the Suns? Kyler hadn't signed his contract yet, so okay. that, was that was July 19th. You probably mentioned it. But it wasn't. But it a wasn't segment. a topic. It, it wasn't. wasn't topic it wasn't like something segment. we put on the show sheet. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So you weren't. You were July nineteenth. One day in two months. One we didn't talk about Kevin Durant. About it. You Kevin know what Durant. we're gonna do tomorrow? We're not gonna talk about Kevin Durant. No, there will be no Kevin Durant yeah. on the show sheet. We're done. Which is why we're playing that promo today. We're gonna play the hell out of it because it's like I say, we're getting our money's worth. Let's talk about what this means for the Suns now and yes. kind of what's next for the Suns. The the two month pursuit of Kevin Durant very much feels over after it was announced today by the Nets that Joe. The GM, the head coach, Kevin Durant, all got together and decided they're moving forward with their relationship. Feels like it's done. Feels like it's over. What now for Phoenix? Well, what now is that they've got a six and a half million dollar taxpayer exception that they plan on using at some point. Doesn't mean that they'll use it today or tomorrow. I do believe that they're looking for a post up power forward, among other things. I mean, a guard as well. Uh, they don't really love the free agents that are out there, and there's a lot of the veterans. And minimum guys that that you know that are out there. If they wanted some of those guys, they'd already have them. They kind of feel like their team is set outside of that one piece that they could use. The plan, even for Jay Crowder, what I heard today is the plan is for him to be here, for him to stay. They don't have plans to trade Jay Crowder right now. The plan is for him to stay. Now we'll see what happens, but that's the plan as of right now. So I think they're going to run it back with what they have. They've got the exception now. The thing about the exception is you don't have to use it right now. You could wait and save it for the buyout market, where you you'd have more to offer for a player. So say a good player gets bought out because he's on a losing team and they're like, look, we'll save a little bit of money. Everybody else could offer that guy a prorated portion of the veterans minimum because they don't have any money. The Suns got this exception, six and a half million. You could pay him a lot more to entice that player to come here. Hey, you're choosing between three contending teams? Come to us. We could actually give you a lot more money because they have this exception. So that's what they're looking at right now. What I will tell you is that the Suns never really got close to getting Kevin Durant. There was there was there was never anything for the Nets to reject because there was never a firm offer from the Suns. We had even like I was baffled by that thing that came out the other day, like the Suns floated Mikhail out there because I've been saying all along the Suns did not include Mikhail in any talk, and I was told again today a hundred times Mikhail was never offered in a deal because there never was any concrete offer made. There were multiple conversations. But the Suns were never close because they never had what the Nets wanted. They haven't even talked in the last couple of weeks. The Nets had to, you know, the Nets dictate. They didn't have to negotiate. They, they had to dictate. There was no bartering here. But the Suns, and you've, you've heard me say this a lot. Every time the Suns and the Nets talked, the Nets would say what? You don't, you don't have enough to make a deal. So there was never, okay, I don't have enough to make a deal. Let me make you an offer. Would you take Mikhail, Dario, and two first? The net, th- that never happened right. because the, the, every conversation was, we can't make a deal with you. You don't have enough. So there was never an offer extended to the Nets. And the Nets actually never made a proposal to the Suns for the simple reason being that the Nets never really liked what the Suns had the second they didn't want DA. This thing was going to be very, very hard to do. Yeah, so and we'll, we'll focus a little more on how close the Suns got, though. That was a pretty good summation of it right there. What's next for the Suns is, and you mentioned the taxpayer mid-level exception. There's not that much for 
them to spend it on right now. No. Let's be the, the free agency. It's gone. There's a few guys out there. There's nobody all that super enticing. There's certainly nobody who's worth. What do you think? Six they need? and a half million dollars a year. Point guard. I think they need a backup point guard, and I think they need a. a a better four, a different four. Let's put it that way. Like you mentioned, more of a physical back you down kind of four. Yeah. I think post they need, up, post I think they need more of a more of a physical four than kind of the shooters that they have right now. You know me. I, I'm a. They need another scorer. Okay, like if we're gonna anybody who remembers how the season ended, they need another guy who can score with the ball in his bas- with with the basketball in his hands. Is that guy a power forward? Is that guy a backup point guard? Is he a backup three? Is I, I don't care. In some ways, I, I almost don't. It doesn't matter to me. They need another guy who can score the basketball with regularity and kind of on yeah. their own without having shots need to be created for. So them. when but when when Book and Paul are like if, if one of them's having a bad. game, game, you've got another... Because yep. one of them has a bad game, you can really focus on shutting the other one down, but if you got a third scorer, it makes it very difficult to it, defend the Suns. So I, I, I agree with that. And some of that might come from internal improvement. Mikel can get better. Cam can get better. DeAndre Ayton, I think, needs to be more of a scorer this year for the Suns. They need to work on DeAndre Ayton being more of a scorer. But if you're going to sit here and say, what do they need? They need another guy who can make his own shot, who can get his own shot, and can make baskets for the Suns. And I don't give a rip what position that guy place. It doesn't matter. They need a guy like that. And I, there's nobody in free agency they're going to get like that. I The biggest question I always had, and I think you've kind of answered it, is once they knew for sure that there was zero shot of them getting Kevin Durant, and it feels like we are at that day, was there another trade that was maybe percolating that they were waiting on to go, okay, we're not getting KD, let's go do this instead. And it doesn't sound like that's the case. right? No. It doesn't sound like there's something in the queue waiting for them to do now that they know Kevin Durant's not going to happen. No, I don't think that they rush out and do anything. Maybe other team. And you saw that tweet by Pat Bev, right? Like about all the guys that got got held up. That was a very, very interesting tweet by Pat Bev. And he's kind of right. Like Pat Bev is right. He's not wrong. Y'all can sit and don't say nothing, but that ain't cool. It's dudes with families out here who haven't got a job because of this KD bleep. And to be on and off ain't cool. Blessing, gang. And then KD responded, blame KD, and now Pat Bev and they're jawing at each other on Twitter. He's not wrong. A lot of business this NBA offseason got held up because of this Durant thing. Right, right. So he is not wrong. But the Suns never really felt like that was holding them up from doing anything, right? I mean, they they matched out the offer to DA. They lost JaVale. They added three players, you know, basically within about a 24-hour period. They added three players in free agency. If there was a better and minimum guy out there they wanted, they would go get him. So I don't know that they were handcuffed by this thing. And I, but I do think that other teams were. I think the other teams kind of were held up on what they could do because that possibility existed that somehow, some way, you could have ended up with Kevin Durant. I, I hear what you're saying. I'm suspicious. I, I'm suspicious that there might have been something they would have wanted to do that would have involved a piece that they needed to hold out just in case something happened with Durant. You know, uh, and maybe it was early. Maybe early in free agency they would have done something. Thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, for, you know, but I, once the free agency period passed, I just, you know, I, I just always suspected, and I, I hear what you're saying, and, and I, and I, I know uh, it's just my own kind of little voice inside my head that's telling me, man, there had to be something that if Kevin Durant was a happy camper, never going anywhere, and it was never on the radar, 
I believe in my heart of hearts the Suns would have done something different, something to mix up the equation, something to change things. But they felt like they had to wait just to make sure they didn't want to use one of those parts that they could have used to get Kevin Durant to do something else with. I, I just I have this feeling that there might have been something that passed them by because they were so invested on seeing if Kevin Durant could come here. Yeah. In the time that Kevin Durant asked out, the Suns lost some players. They gained some players. They re-signed DeAndre Ayton. Uh, they matched an offer sheet to DeAndre Ayton. They, they did add three new players. They brought back some guys. So I, they did do some things. And I don't know for sure if you go back to the early days of free agency, if they knew they weren't going to get Kevin Durant, if they would have done something then. I don't know that. But I think over these last few weeks, there wasn't anything that was really holding them up. I don't think they're that interested in a free agent class. But I do look at that exception and I say, you know what? You could do something with that. You could do something with that exception. You can get later. yourself a good player. Not now. Later. And I, maybe it's yeah. better later. Maybe yeah. it's better later because you because then you could determine whether whether it is a point guard or a power. Maybe campaign flops and you're like, man, I wish I would have. And good if you point. use your exception on a power forward and campaign flops, maybe you're thinking I should have used that on a point That's guard. A good point. Texas, your thoughts. The FanDuel text line's open for you right now at 620-620. Now, when we come back on the Burns and Gamble Show, Diamondbacks in Kansas City today, starting a series. How is the team looking to bounce back following a very disappointing weekend against St. Louis? Our exclusive conversation with Tori Lovello is coming up next on the Burns and Gambo Show. The Burns and Gambo Need to Know Twitter poll presented by Sanderson Ford. Right, just got word from the Diamondbacks. Troy Lovello is going to join us later in the program. We think 245. It's fluid. Live radio is the best, so stick with us. I promise we'll talk to Troy Lovello at some point in advance of their game against the Royals. Right now, we've got a chance to roll out our Twitter poll question of the day. Are Crocs in or not? I mean, I think that's got to be the Twitter <laughs> it's poll. It's 100% in. We it, can't are, put it out there if it's going to be that much. Crocs in fashion or not? Do you really want to know the answer to that the question? The answer no. Yes. no. No, 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 no. We, we, no. <laughs> I'm a trendsetter. <laughs> I told you. I told you. <sighs> the minute, the minute somebody comes to work wearing Crocs because mm. of you, I will call you a trendsetter. Not one day before. Should I cancel my order or no? Everybody should wear Crocs to work on Friday. This Friday, everybody wear Crocs to work. <laughs> Send in your picture. I would have to own a Send pair a of picture. Crocs. This Friday, you wear Friday. A this pair Friday, of Crocs. I know birds. You, birds. You. Everybody send in a picture of you wearing Crocs to work on Friday. <laughs> that is blasphemous. To the Burns and Gamble page. It's a shame mm-hmm. I'm not going to be here on. Yeah, Friday. just a shame, Burnsy. You're going to miss all that. Oh, you'll get to see the tweets though. Oh, not if I don't log on to Twitter. I won't. No, I'll, I'll, I'll take pictures and send them. To your phone. Text yeah. <laughs> that sounds horrifying. Uh, what's our poll question today? Are Kevin Durant and the Nets are kissing and making up right now? Yeah, as we apparently speak. all is good. Yeah, everything's okay for now. Yeah. Saying we've got two really good polls up. I'll take you through one right now. This one, it's assuming Kevin Durant starts the season with the Nets, which is pretty safe. But does he end the season with the Nets? Does he end there or with another team? Is there an I don't know? No. I don't have have an option for I don't know? My guess is he ends the season there. I have no idea what's going to happen with Kevin Durant. Look, to think that everything's cool 
man, you don't know Kyrie if you think everything's cool. You, you don't you don't know the Brooklyn Nets if you think oh, everything's cool, everything's going to be great. But I'm going to guess that that roster is going to be good enough to keep him around at least one more year. So yes, I think he'll end the season with the Brooklyn Nets. I'll go with that too. I'll, 50, I'll go with it. Fifty-eight point nine percent think that he's in Brooklyn for the long haul, at least this season. He'll end the season there. Forty-one point one percent say he'll end on another team in Gambo. My dad just texted me, said he's mm-hmm. older than you, but knows that Crocs are out of style. So, right. But read the comments under your photo right oh, there. Oh no, people. I mean, Crocs people are, are back. It. You know what? It might have to be a poll. It might be a hot debate. Crocs are back in style. Just read the comments under your photo right there. You'll see. Maybe a poll question is in order. I don't know. That's uh, the poll question we'd rather you vote on is right there on the Burns and Gambo Twitter <laughs> the page. One, the one we'd rather you vote the on. The one that you're supposed to vote on is that mm-hmm. one. But when when Eric drops the other one about Crocs, you're more than welcome to vote on that one, too. I, I really want to know what the percentage is on that. Cliff Kingsbury today met with the media, and we just confirmed it. We will have Tori on at 245. Thank you, Mitch. I appreciate that. So Tori Lovello, normally at 230, now at 245. So let's go ahead to our Cardinal content. Cliff Kingsbury today addressing the media for the first time since the acquisition of offensive lineman Cody Ford. What they liked about him and where is he going to fit? We'll see when he gets here. Uh, We see him playing inside with the ability uh, in a pinch to play, you know, tackle. But um, some of the injuries we've had inside there, we felt like it was a position we could get some more depth and he's a very physical player and um, we like the tape. And specifically on the injury player front. Likes to tape. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Specifically on the injury front, Justin Pugh is getting checked out today. He's getting checked out right now. Um, so I don't have much on that, but we'll see uh, how that plays out next week. Later said it was a stinger in his shoulder for Justin Pugh. Now, how much of that had to do with Cody Ford? Certainly something else. Cliff talked about the injuries to Will Hernandez, Marquise Hayes, et cetera, et cetera. Will will be back. Back, um, by next week, I'd say, and then Marquise uh, a week or two. So between sh- the uncertainty about Pugh and the singer in his shoulder and going to get that checked out, I don't know how much of a concern there is about that. Will Hernandez has missed some practice time. Rodney Hudson has missed some practice time. Marquise Hayes is going to be out for a week or two, and he had been impressing people. Sounds like there was enough of a concern, Gambo, about the depth behind Pugh and the starters, and then with Pugh himself that they felt like they needed to go out and get another body because yeah. things are starting to get a little thin. Yeah, I, you know, I, they obviously his ability to play guard and some offensive tackle is very helpful and he's real powerful and you know he's got those starts at offensive tackle as well but I mean yeah I just feel like you know the Pew thing may have just kind of like the Hollywood Brown like they knew about Hopkins they went out and got Hollywood Brown we didn't know right but like we got Hollywood Brown like why did they get Hollywood Brown oh Hopkins is it's very possible that you know that maybe they ended up getting Ford because they were a little worried about just their depth overall and then when just any little thing that happened, even a stinger for Justin Pugh, they they determined that, okay, we need to make sure we have better depth. Yeah, according to Darren Urban, who had a little more on this, Kingsbury said they'd see how it plays out for Pugh, quote, next week, close quote. So this idea that Pugh might not be available for at least the next week, I, I, like we said yesterday, with the Cody Ford edition, my first thought was, oh God, who's hurt? Yes, that was, that was your first thing, thought. first thing I thought of was, yeah. oh man, who's hurt? Is Will Hernandez hurt? Is Justin Pugh hurt? Do right. they need Why to are they making somebody? a trade? Why are they trading a draft pick to go get a guard right now. It was the first thing I thought of. And, and then I get the depth behind the starters might be a big reason, but the Pew injury, kind of the light kind of comes on. You go, oh, okay, they're not sure 
how long they're going to hand him. It, part of this is the reason why they're on their way to Nashville right now. They're going to do these joint practices with the Tennessee Titans. Yeah, one day. Cliff Kingsbury called Mike Rabel and said, hey, can we just do one practice together? It was his idea. No, I mean, I asked for it. So I called Rabel and asked for it. And um, just with where we're at health-wise. And he was kind of the in the same mindset at this point. Let's let's get in there, have great competition, and get out healthy. Yeah, because they got to beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. And you don't want anything lingering, like, no, you know, no. I'm going to get that guy back tomorrow, man. I'm going to get him tomorrow. Like, you don't want any of that. You want to get in and get out. I was listening to Wolf when I was driving in, Wolf and Luke, and, and Wolf was like, these aren't going to be your daddy's joint practices. Because usually when you think joint practices, it's two or three days of guys just beating the living hell out of each other. That is not what this is going to be. Listen to Cliff describe the plan for this week. We'll practice against them Wednesday. It'll be um, limited competitive periods. We'll do our own thing some and then come together. But not just a knockout, dragout type practice. I think we're both kind of in the situation. Got some guys banged up. I want to get that competitive fire going. And then Thursday, we'll scale it way back, have more of a mental day for everybody. And then Friday, walk it through and Saturday, play the game. Okay, so maybe even just just not, you know, to, we're going to practice against you guys for two and a half hours. We're going to do some things, you do some things, and we'll get together or run something, and we'll do some stuff, you, and we'll get together or run something. Just try to limit the damage. Yeah, yeah. it sounds I, like... I don't think it's... I, I think it's you worry... I think you worry about a... You know, they're a very, very physical football team. I think you do. You worry about the potential... Not the injuries they already have, but the potential for injuries going up against another team because everybody is tired of hitting each other. I heard the morning show talking about this today, and every coach has a different philosophy. Andy Reid has been playing Patrick Mahomes. Bill Belichick has been playing his starters some this preseason. Every coach feels differently about it. It's very, very clear. Cliff has decided this offseason, this preseason, is going to be one where he is just not going to ask a lot of his guys. He is going to protect them until September 11th. He's not going to play them. He's not going to practice them. He doesn't want to put them in harm's way. Whether that's the optimal way to get them ready for the season, I don't know. We'll find out when the season comes around, but it's very obvious to me that based off of how these seasons have ended the last two years, Cliff has decided to really take it easy on the guys in August. He just does not want to ask them to do a lot with the hopes that they'll be fresher come December because they haven't been very fresh the last two Decembers have Yeah, they? no, they, no, and that's where the losing streaks come in, and, you know, Kyler's banged up, and then they, you know, they, they kind of faltered down the stretch, and they, they lost the game to Seattle that would have given them a home field advantage in the playoff game, and they lose that game, and then they got to go to the Rams, so yeah, I mean, I, you got to change things up, do things a little bit differently, because some of the stuff you've done the last couple of years did not work. All right, Diamondbacks start a series in Kansas City today. How are they going to bounce back after that series against St. Louis? Our exclusive conversation with the manager, Troy Lovello, is next on the Burns and Gambo Show. Your exclusive home of the D-backs. Diamondbacks. 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. D-backs manager Tori Lovello joins Burns and Gambo to talk D-backs baseball. D-backs on the road in Kansas City, and we rearranged some things on the schedule. No big deal. Joining us right now, the manager of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Tori Lovello, who joins us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Tori, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well, guys. How are you? Got such great memories of Kansas City. I remember doing a radio show at the Negro League Museum and sitting down with Buck O'Neill for an entire hour and just talking baseball with Buck O'Neill. It's one of my favorite memories. Yeah, that that must have been a special treat. We uh, 
we actually went over there yesterday. We had a day off. Um, I, you know, I threw it together, brought as many people over there as possible to just learn about the history of, of the Negro Leagues and um, and some of the things that they had to go through as athletes, as, as gifted athletes that nobody really understands. And just an unbelievable venue. Uh, Bob Kendrick, an amazing human being, who's the president. Uh, it was just a really, really good time. A really good couple of hours getting informed. Yeah, and I'll tell you, I'm not a, I'm not like an autograph collector, but when I got done with that interview with Buck O'Neill, I ran into their team shop. I bought a Monarchs jersey and I brought it to Buck and I said, Mr. O'Neill, I, I don't ever do this, but will you just sign this for me? And he did. And I, it's a, it's a, a treasured piece of mine, a Monarchs jersey signed by Buck O'Neill. It should be. He's a Hall of Famer, right? Um, the National Baseball Hall of Fame did a great thing in recognizing him this past year. So it's a great accomplishment and a great call on your part, Gamble. So many things to talk about from this past weekend. I think the one I want to start with is, is just since the All-Star break, it's been a good transformation for you guys when you're playing kind of the subpar teams. When you play the better teams, it continues to be a struggle. I, I know if you knew the reason why you'd fix it, but if you started to diagnose other than the fact that the competition is just better when you're playing those better teams, how you can be yeah, better against the better teams? That's an easy way to look at it, of course, right? We can build that in and say, here's the reason why we're not winning baseball games because some of those Cardinals are in first place and they've got a payroll of a hundred and whatever million dollars. And we can, we can go down that rabbit hole, but I, I, I'm not going to let that happen. Um, nor will any of the staff. And we're going to make sure that these players understand no matter who we're playing, no matter what day we're playing, any type of team, we're going to go out and play our game our way and just let the chips fall where they may. The thing that stands out to me more than any other, and I can't, I can't zero in on it, is when you're playing subpar teams, you can make a mistake or two and still get away with winning the game. When you make a mistake or two against good teams, they take advantage of it. So that's really on us. It was a double play ball the other day. Who knows what would have happened in back of it, but it would have been two outs, nobody on. Um, but instead, it's an inning that's built, and it led to some runs, and we ended up losing the game by a couple of runs. So we just can't lose those margins. And no matter who we're playing, that's that's the ultimate goal. And when we do against good teams, we pay for it, and that's how it should be. We want to get to that point where we do it well. We know we punish teams when when they give us extra outs, but I've never signed up for any part of giving the team extra outs, and that's something that really eats at me. And when it happens, it frustrates me, and it's something that we work very hard at to never allow to happen again. But obviously, we know it's a game of errors and making mistakes. We got to make some adjustments, and we will. Yeah, we also know that um, you know if this. If this team had a better back end of the bullpen, you'd probably be in contention for a playoff spot right now, but you've had a lot of struggles and we saw it again on Saturday with Mark Melanson, gives up the run, then leaves the bases loaded, comes out, then a grand slam, and you know, Mark has really, really struggled. You kind of removed him from the closer role and went closer by committee, but you're down to the Mm -hmm. final six weeks of the season. I know you want to win as many games as you can. What's the plan for Mark Melanson going forward? Well, it's still going to be the same as, as what uh, what we talked about once we removed him from from that role. Um, you know, he's going to get the baseball. We can't run from anybody that's in our bullpen. I can't I can't do that. And uh, I want to show confidence in everybody at different times for different reasons. And I'll play the matchup game. I'm going to try and put him in there against the best matchup that's going to help him get the outs and, and collect wins for the ball club. Um, you know, it's sometimes there's some hard decisions. You know, removing him. He was our closer. He was brought in as our closer. That was a tough decision to pull him out of that role. And I think our team has gotten better since we have kind of gone to this committee situation. So we're going to continue to, to line guys up, 
no matter who they are, right? Left-handed, match them up the best way we know how. We spend a lot of time doing that pregame to get guys to go up there and get the best outs against the best matchups possible. But, but why, why show confidence? What, what has he done to deserve that where you're showing confidence in him? I mean, it's been struggles really since the beginning of the season. I, I agree. It hasn't been pristine um, and it's been as good as we had hoped, no doubt about it. But I know what he's doing in between his, his work um, on the field. He's, he's getting a ton of really, really highlighted work and trying to improve every single day. And he's done it at a high level. So, you know, that's the reason why I feel like he can and will get a chance to turn it around. Um, will he get every opportunity that, that is presented to him? Probably not. I have to look in other directions. But he is a member of that bullpen. I can't totally run from him in these certain situations. Tell me why you thought Friday night was a good night for Tommy Henry with how he pitched against St. Louis, Skip. Yeah, it was five and a third. Uh, gave up one run, kept us in a ball game against a very, very good um, right-handed hitting team. They do a good job against left-handed pitchers, and you, you know, you're 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 silently holding your breath, thinking, "Tommy, just execute your game plan. Trust the game plan. You got this. And if you do it, you're going to be able to pitch deep into this game." And he went out there with with some great mound presence and just executed, executed at a really, really high level. He pushed he pushed around his fastball around the entire zone, he was burying breaking balls when he had to. He's landing strike breaking balls when he needed so it was just a really good job of execution he's done a good job of that since he's been here Madison Bumgarner talked about how he feels like he's the wink weak link in the rotation his last couple times out he did give up the two home runs to pool holes and you guys made a valiant comeback you got within a run before the bullpen struggled but I just want to get, get your thoughts on what are you seeing out of Bumgarner right now yeah um, you know He's he's out there just gutting it out, trying to give us everything he possibly can to help us win baseball games. Um, you know, he gets moving in a great direction. It's a quality start. He's going to be able to keep us in the game. But, I, you know, I think he's got to make some adjustments. I think he's got to be able to land pitches in different quadrants of the strike zone. And those are things that we're talking about daily with him, being able to, to make adjustments, read swings, follow game plans, and go out and execute at a very high level. But I will say this. There's nobody better that's, that's you know, walking up there every fifth day with the intent to just absolutely obliterate the opposing lineup. He does that because that's who he is. That's part of his DNA. Now it's just a matter of execution. He's got to execute for all 9,500 pitches that he's going out there and throwing. I think there's this, this, this window of pitches, probably 15 to 20 pitches, where he doesn't land it. And when he doesn't land it properly, he pays for it. And I think that's been the difference between some of his wins and some of his losses. You know, before the show today, we were talking about Christian Walker and run saved and how good defensively he is. I, I think I know what you're going to say here, but do you think he's worthy of a gold glove this year at first base? Of course, of course. You know, when you look at defensive run saved and some of the metrics, he's at the top of the class, and uh, he's done an unbelievable job. He he plays a very crisp, accurate first base. Um, he understands just concepts and timing and rhythm. Uh, he's as good as, as I've seen in a long time at picking up uh, low throws from, from across the diamond. So, of course, I feel like he's a strong consideration. I get a chance to see him work every day, not only on the field, but this guy is tireless in his work habits. He's, he's out there early, taking early work to Defensively, anytime he can't get on the field to take ground balls, he's the first one out there. He's been a great asset for us defensively. Torrey, we appreciate the time as always. Best of luck today against the Royals. We will talk to you next Tuesday.
Okay, boys. Talk to you soon. Yep. Tori Lavelle joining us here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Reminder for you, Bix Picks back for the 2022 NFL season. Text the word PICK to 62620. Sign up. Compete against Dan Bickley for your chance at the grand prize 75-inch TV courtesy of Corona Extra. Weekly winners will get an NFL jersey of their choice and a $50 gift card to cold beers and cheeseburgers. Again, text the word PICK to 62620 to enter. When we come back, just how close were the Suns to acquiring Kevin Durant now that the race to get Kevin Durant is over? That's next on the Burns and Gambo Show.